Okay, now let's start our weekly analysis for uh, today is February third, Saturday Eastern Standard Time. I was supposed to do this last yeah yesterday, but I、uh, fell asleep, <laughs> so I forgot to put the weekly analysis. But nevertheless, that's fine. Let's go ahead and take a look at. Well, first of all, let's take a look at the the conclusion for this week first. So, so obviously, this week, as I kept mentioned in the previous、uh, small videos already, saying that the most important data had been the NFP, and that was actually more even more important than the、uh, non-farm payroll, because non-farm payroll,、uh, especially for this time, was the I'm sorry. The non-farm payroll was more important than the FOMC, and because FOMC this time was also the last meeting for Jenny Yellen, and that means although the market has suspect Powell to continue Yellen's path, truth is that we never know how is he going to react differently. Well, in fact, in fact,、uh, a lot of people question Donald Trump's decision to replace Jenny Yellen. Was because they're looking at the past four years of Powell, that he he never dissent from、uh, Jenny Yellen's decision. That means he's really just follow,、uh, pretty much has exactly same、uh, concept or same、uh, perspective as Jenny Yellen. But as I mentioned, you never know how a person going to change when he or she. Uh, comes to power, so we never know now, but we will see what happened in the next meeting and the next press conference. That's why this time is really just a conclusion, saying goodbye to Jenny Yellen, not really providing too much、uh, surprises. The only thing is to still warn the market to be careful for higher inflation.、Uh, Federal Reserve is still looking to hike three times, but late. They did、uh, remove a lot of cautionary、uh, sentence within the statement. So basically, they are more optimistic, or let's just say, they are more worried about the, the inflation to shoot up rather than worry about low inflation as they had before. And then it comes down to Friday non-farm payroll, which, of course, the result came out. Very very positive, you know. As I mentioned in the last video, you know, our average earnings zero point three percent, two hundred thousand employment change, and unemployment rate is still at all time low. So this result, comparing plus the a little bit hawkish of FOMC and the continuation of a、uh, drop in the U.S. government bond. Which caused equity market to also drop significantly for both Dow Jones, S and P, and Nasdaq. So major U.S. equities, as you can see, all had a large drop, really, really large. This is a daily chart, large candle. Now, obviously, this is nothing to worry for now. You know, I wouldn't say it's, it's a bearish trend. Could very well just be a. a, a A retracement, right? So what's gonna happen? What really caused the whole equity market to turn around will again have to be the inflation data. But judging by the chart, we already know that investors started to get worried. 
On the other hand, you also have to take into consideration that in January we had a very positive equity market, which continue from last year. So this could also be a profit taking, right? So just don't get sucked into the media coverage because it's, I think it's just too early to say. But one thing for sure is if the U.S. inflation really shoots up more than Federal Reserve expectation, that means they will have to hike interest rate more than three times, uh, perhaps even more than four or five. If that's the case, obviously going to shock the market. And that's also going to cause, you know, just to put in a simple term, makes money more expensive. Then that's going to uh, really cost the equity market to drop. Okay, so that's a more underlying micro pictures. That was what are the investors worry about in terms of the higher inflation for U.S. Now, on the other hand, uh, if you take a look at DAX, U.S. dollar index, it's still at 89. Okay, it's really nothing, uh, not 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 boosted by all this data point. It's not even getting boosted by the bond yield. Now, as I mentioned, if you take a look at the U.S. ten years, let's take a look at bond yield, right? The interest rate. So the interest rate you see continue to shoot up, actually breaking above another handle at two point eight. So that's this is something very significant, right? Because this is this is almost. Let me take a look at weekly chart. This is almost, yeah. See, this is a very high point ever since. Let's keep zooming back. Oh, I guess that's that's so far this chart has. So 2014. So 2.8 is a very high point uh, for the U.S. bond yield. Now, normally, as I mentioned. The bond yield and the U.S. dollar goes in a correlated direction. It's because when the bond yield goes up, means interest rate should goes up, means the Federal Reserve is going to adjust the interest rate, also going to raise the value for the U.S. dollar. We haven't seen that so far for uh, for now. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen, or we could enter into a completely new era that the bond yield has no correlation between the yield and the U.S. dollar. Now, if that's the case, I wouldn't be surprised just because a lot of economic theory that was invented before, way before the current market, current technology, and the current uh, production. So it's very uh, possible that the U.S. dollar and the bond yield can just go to the separate direction. I'm just giving you the historical point of view that usually the bond yield and the U.S. dollar goes into the same direction. Another another explanation could be that you know the U.S. dollar had already priced in the rate hike. I'm talking about the rate hike in 2018, because remember back then in 2014, 2015, when Federal Reserve starts signaling they might uh, taper the quantitative easing. The market stopped buying the U.S. dollar. So all this 2015 to 2017, we really had a dollar bullish years, but we haven't had any Federal Reserve to rake to hike the interest rate. So this is actually just a price in for the future action. And now they are going to they have already hiked interest rate, uh, but there is no more thing to price in. So that could be another reason. But nevertheless, you know that's just. Focus on what's happening in front of us as a trader. Okay, so next week is a very, very 
big jam-packed week because you have a lot of economic data last week. Okay, starting from Sunday, right? You already have the service PMI from China. Now, as I mentioned before, any economic data from China nowadays will affect the global market. Hence, it will also affect the currency market. China is a very, very large economic country nowadays. So everything, if China is doing well, then the global economy and the risk sentiment is also very positive, very on. On the contrary, if China is not doing well, that all going to sink down the global economy. So obviously, service PMI is not as important as a production, right? Because China really is a production and manufacturing country. But it's still very important to consider how many people we have in China, how many how big the service industry is. So overall, this is still a very important data to look out for. Then Monday immediately we have a service PMI coming out from UK. Now for British pound and UK right now, the biggest uh, headline or issue is still the Brit exit. But as you may have noticed, coming into 2018, we don't really we didn't really have that much Brit exit headline anymore. And the whole atmosphere between Britain and Europe had become quite friendly, quite positive, right? Now they are really things to be uh, into a lot of agreement. Because of that, of course, the market react very positively to the British pound uh, in 2018. As we have seen here, that cable British pound continued to go up all until uh, you know ever since the beginning of 2018 if you take a look at this is the january january 1st we from january 1st we are still at 30 around i say the lowest point we have in january 30 1.3447 the highest point is 1.43 right so that's almost a thousand pips right that's quite amazing to see this this kind of large movement but don't forget why would we have this kind of large movement it's because British pound had been oversold ever since the 2016 pre-exit so all this if you zoom out going to a weekly chart you could just say this is purely a recovery for the pre-exit so a lot of people expect the British pound might go back to the pre-exit position if you take a look at that you know back in 20, 2000 in these two decades British pound actually climbed as high as 2.1 so if you look at it right now if this is indeed a recovery or a reversal then we still have a long way to go still has a long way to go now, obviously, that will all depend on exactly what happened to the uh, pre-exit uh, in terms of the negotiation. In terms of the economy, you know, the UK has been performing uh, well, you know, more better than people's expectation. So we can see that you have a lot of a lot of positive data, especially for service PMI or any PMI data. Benchmark is really fifty. So is this a, if it's still about fifty can say that it's really just still okay for the service PMI. Now, obviously, this is something you can trade it, but you only want to trade it if you have a deviation. Then that will be that that will be only chance that's worthwhile for you to to buy out of the expectation or to sell out of the expectation. Then we also have a, a non-manufacturing PMI. Drag is gonna speak. All these are 
important, but not something I will trade specifically. Then another big event will be the RBA statement and the cash rate. Now, no one expect the RBA to raise interest rate for now, especially the last uh, data coming out from Australia was not that positive. I'm talking about the CPI. So if you take a look at the CPI quarter on quarter, was you know expectation was 0.7 come out 0.6 the trimming cpi also come out lower than expected number so obviously it's not something so negative that rba has to become dovish but it's not something positive enough for rba to hike interest rate and that you know as, as i mentioned currency market in comparison that put Aussie really in a back seat now you may have noticed Aussie was the worst currency for for this week and that's really because of the uh, again Aussie had been having a very good run in January so now in February you now without any good data and if you take a look at the commodity take a look at copper also had a retracement from the high point of uh, December and January same as iron ore okay same as gold same as oil so commodity price personally didn't really help Aussie for this week. On top of that, the domestic data also came, come, uh, came out quite disappointed. So of course, RBA is not going to raise the interest rate, but the statement will be something people pay attention to, to see whether they can maintain a more hawkish or more dovish perspective. And that is going to drive the Australian dollar. Now, obviously, because of the statement, so even you have a retail sale, even you have a trade balance, this is not going to be uh, too much of an impact because the market will pay more attention to the RBA statement. Now, Tuesday, you have a trade balance from U.S., unemployment, so basically labor data from New Zealand. Now, this will be very interesting just because New Zealand also have the RBA, and they also have the central bank uh, statement coming out from next week. So obviously, labor market or labor data is one of the top three data aside from GDP and inflation. Now, last week or the last time New Zealand inflation data was quite disappointed. That already gave New Zealand dollar a lot of downside risk. If you take a look at just take a look at New Zealand, uh, New Zealand dollar. So New Zealand dollar obviously, uh, this is this is daily. Okay, let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at four of it. You see, New Zealand dollar already had its double top, and and especially this is New Zealand dollar means that dollar, as I just showed you, index is already a weak currency, but in comparison with New Zealand, actually is stronger, right? Let's just show you how weak New Zealand right now, New Zealand dollar is. So obviously, if the if the labor data continue to to be negative, that is going to create a more selling momentum for the New Zealand dollar. On the contrary, if you have a strong labor market data, uh, that still wouldn't give New Zealand too much strength for a long term, just because the inflation data last week was very negative. So just to keep that in mind, that that's my personal bias. That means when I look at individual data to sell or to buy, I don't really just look at the, the, the data point to buy or to sell, because I already come to the market with a scenario with a bias. So sometimes I was really leaning towards selling or buying, right? That means even if the data come out as a positive number, I will not buy it just because I think that sentiment will not be strong enough to sustain. So that's that's one of the big mistakes when people trying to trade the fundamental news. 
because they think trading the fundamental news or economic data just looking at the number. If it's positive, I buy. If it's negative, I sell. That's really not the case because the market is very dynamic, and the market is always biased. I mean, a lot of people or a lot of trader already buying or selling before the data even come out. So you have to understand what kind of bias the market currently have in order to have a better probability trade out of the data. So for New Zealand dollar right now, it's already in a negative stance. That means. Unless the labor data, labor data really is a big, big surprise, you know, outside deviation, both are very positive, then you have a chance to buy it. Otherwise, even it's a positive number, it's not good enough for me to buy a currency that had already a negative bias. Now, on the contrary, because of that, if you have a negative number, it might not necessarily need to be very negative. It could just be a miss, a small miss. That alone is enough for a bearish currency to continue a downtrend. Okay, so that's something you have to understand.、Uh, Wednesday, of course, we has a crude oil inventory. Now, crude oil inventory is very interesting because last time we have a large build, but that hardly affects the commodity market. Okay, now again, that's something you first of all understand if you really want to trade crude oil inventory. This basically this forex factory, like this free website, is not enough. Why? It's because there, there for the crude oil inventory, there are several category. There is natural gas, there is distilleries, there is diesel oil. There, there's different category, and a lot of、uh, oil trader they actually look into detail. So you don't want to just look at the headline and, and say, oh, this is a bill. That means、uh, oil is gonna drop. That means I'm gonna sell Canadian dollar. It does not work that simple. Okay, so for for me personally, I don't trade the crude oil inventory. I do take a look at it, but I don't really trade it just because you have to really look into the detail. Now, for oil market, obviously, it's not a surprise the crude oil inventory builds. The reason is because right now oil price is going in a very steady uptrend, all because the OPEC continue to diminish their oil output. Now, on the other hand. Whenever OPEC OPEC is trying to raise the oil price artificially, you always have a shale producer from U.S. or Canada trying to produce more oil because they want to take advantage of this high price point. So that's why you always will have this kind of effect. Okay. Now eventually, of course,、uh, if both oil producers want the oil price to continue to go up steadily, they will not really. Uh, balance each other out because then there will be no point. So for crude oil, they they will take advantage of this, but I not necessarily means that it's going to be a build continuously, right? That might not be the case because they they know that if they keep abusing the system like that, they eventually OPEC will change the different、uh, strategy. Wednesday, you also have the RBNC, which is what I'm just saying. This will be very important, obviously,、uh, and also you have a press conference after that. So that again will be more important than the labor.、And、that's why I say, you know, because of the central bank events, all these data point might not be that important or that sustained. You know, it's best to even if you trade this kind of data point, you you do want to get out or set to break even before the central bank's statement. Now I don't have any prediction. Uh, all I know is that it's certainly not going to raise interest rate, but.
but I don't know whether they're going to be hawkish or dovish. I don't really know. So we have to see what happened during the press conference. And Thursday, we have Super Thursday Bank of England. Now, Bank of England will be um, main events. If I have to pick one, will be the main events of next week. Now, obviously, uh, the market right now is not expecting Bank of England to raise interest rates. So the official bank rate will not be a, a, a focus point. Uh, the focus point will actually be the bank vote because although the market is not pricing any probability for Bank of England to hike for next week, but they are pricing the probability for Bank of England to hike interest rate in 2018. And the reason is very simple. Their inflation data continue to go up. And the, and the, uh, the labor market, especially the, the wages, continue to push higher as well. So if the inflationary pressure continue to go up, then Bank of England will have to hike interest rate in order to curb that. And previously, the biggest risk for Bank of England to, to change any policy has been the pre-exit. And right now that risk is still there, but obviously it has become more mild, more mild. Speaking of that, don't forget, uh, starting from next Monday or, or also have another run of the pre-exit negotiation, the pre-exit negotiation. So we have the EU, uh, I forgot which member is going to visit UK and you know, P, uh, UK is looking to have a, an agreement, a transitional period agreement coming out within the next seven weeks. So that obviously will be very important for UK. But as for now, um, for the Bank of England, we don't expect any rate hike. However, we might expect a descent. That means if you have a certain hawkish member thinking they should hike interest rate, then the vote will not be 009. If you want to know what does that mean, you just expand it out. You know, you have this uh, hike, unchange, un unchange, hike, and, and, and cut. So basically, that's how it goes. Let's see. The first number is how many NPC members vote to increase interest rate. Yeah. So the, the, one, the, the one on the left, that's hike, cut, and unchange. So you might have people actually voting to hike. Now, if that's the case, obviously going to be very positive for uh, British pound, virtually there is no chance for people to cut because there's really no economic reason to cut interest rate, especially right now we have more inflationary pressure. So that's something to keep in mind. You know, we don't think the interest rate will change, but we think that we might have one or two member descent. If that's the case, British pound will shoot up. Of course, the policy summary is also very important to see exactly whether a Bank of England is looking to hike interest rate in uh, the coming month. Then we also have the monetary policy statement. This this actually comes after the rate statement. So I'm uh, not sure how much impact is that. I don't think it's going to create too much impact. Thursday, uh, sorry, Friday, we have the Canadian labor market. Now this will be very, uh, very interesting. The Canadian labor had been the very strongest, the strongest economic data out of Canada recently. Now, of course, many of you know Bank of Canada had already high interest rate in January. The only central bank, the only major central bank that had been done that in this year. So biggest risk for Canada right now is still a NAFTA deal. 
Aside from that, it is a very positive economic picture. You have a very strong GDP, very strong labor market, and very strong inflation data. On top of that, the micro economy, which is the commodity price, especially oil price, continue to go way much higher than last year. So that's all very supportive for Canadian dollar. Biggest risk again, NAFTA deal is still up in air, and we don't really know how is that gonna pan out. Okay, for both countries, we actually we don't even know if the NAFTA, uh, if if really the all party walk away from NAFTA, we don't actually really know whether U.S. dollar will be stronger than Canadian dollar because NAFTA is equally important for U.S. and Canada. In fact, today we have I'm, I'm talking about Friday. So yesterday we have Justin Trudeau, the Canadian Prime Minister. Uh, had a report that he said he the Canada is ready to walk away. Now, obviously, they are doing the negotiation. You always have this kind of bluffing, right? Trump said he's willing to walk away, and of course, Canada has to say they're willing to walk away. But the interesting thing is that right after the comment, dollar cat actually dropped. They actually dropped forty pips. So on the contrary, that people thought that if NAFTA is uh, is 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 destroyed that US dollar will have gained more strength than the Canadian dollar. That might not not necessarily be the case. So it's very hard to see the economic impact, right? Because NAFTA is equally important for the whole um countries, Mexican, Mexico, US and Canada. So aside from that, uh labor market obviously very important. Now expectation is a weak number. That means again if you're something they usually have a lot of positive surprise. You see, if you take a look at that, usually it's a very, very positive number. So I don't know why this time it's a negative 2000. I haven't looked into the detail, but all I know is that obviously if you have something very positive, that's going to make Canadian dollar gain a lot of strength again. Okay. So let's take a look at, uh, the charts and the trade that we have. Okay. So I obviously just talk about the US dollar index. You know, continue to be in the downside and commodity price also had a little bit of sideways movement right now. Uh, take a look at this is uh, okay. Let me, let me find a better way to. All right. Let's, let's use four hour chart because it's clear. So few trades that I took and out uh, for this week. Uh, Euro Swiss, I took this trade. I think beginning of the week. Anyway, this trade took it at 50% right somewhere here. Uh, we are still really virtually on move for Euro Swiss, still in the trade, still uh, for Euro right now, particularly, I think is still a very, very strong currency. Uh, few reasons, of course, the domestic data had been very positive and the ECB had turned to a little bit more hawkish than before. And on top of that, US dollar is very weak right now. So that will cause Euro dollar obviously to go up. If we take a look at Euro dollar, you see it's still a very, uh, very strong, still a very strong currency all the way on 2018. We haven't really had any retracement. You know, you, of course, occasionally you have, you know, if you're a day trader, you have this up and down movement. But if you take a look at a real trend, you know, we are, now that we broke out this regression channel, we still, we're still really just going to the upside. And I'm still personally still very, uh, bullish for Euro. 
So that's why I, you know, I got in Euro Swiss. I also got in Euro Dollar. So both trade are still in play. And another bullish currency I say I have is British Pound. Now, British Pound obviously is still very strong with all the reason I just mentioned. And if you compare Euro and Pound, you see a very interesting chart that British Pound actually has more strength than Euro. You know, for 2018, for now, right? Which seems to have a little bit of treatment right, right now. But that's just how strong British Pound is, you know, because people already pay attention to Euro, but you forget that we, we want to see which one is stronger. Just put the two currencies together, and that's how strong British Pound is. Now, previously, I'm also very bullish for the Canadian dollar. Now, obviously, uh, because of the NAFTA, uh, that's something that caused me to be a little bit cautious for Canadian dollar. This longest trade that we have been held since last December had been out uh, on Friday, yesterday, right after the non-farm payroll. So obviously, I didn't trade with 4 I used an hour chart, put on above 21.24. This one had been out. And if you take a look at other trade like Cayenne, Cayenne Swiss, uh, in a bigger perspective, it's still a good picture for uptrend, but because of the NAFTA or and the current risk of sentiment, might not be the best case for you to buy cat, you know. If you want to buy cat like me, I bought it against other currency like New Zealand. So I had a New Zealand short. This is already chart. Had a New Zealand short just because I think in the meantime, cat should still have more strength than New Zealand. Aussie cat is also something good to short. Obviously, I didn't get in for the Aussie cat. But the general concept is if you want to buy Canadian dollar, it's best to buy against the same category of currency such as Australian dollar and New Zealand dollar just because the current risk sentiment is off. Now, how do I know that? It's just take a look at equity market. The current risk sentiment is quite off. And obviously, that's going to help the Japanese yen and Swiss franc, these two safe haven currency. So I'd rather buy Canadian dollar against Australian dollar and New Zealand dollar. Uh, speaking of Australian dollar, it was a strongest currency for January, and I actually had to trade that stop out just because it all of a sudden changed its strength from a very bullish currency to a very bearish currency. So Aussie dollar is something I was in and obviously got stop out. Aussie Swiss or Aussie yen, you can also tell it's a very steady downtrend right now. So that's just how weak Australian dollar is. Now, of course, next week, because of the RBS statement, it might change its perspective. So if you are not in Aussie, obviously, it's best to wait after the RBS statement. But as for now, you know, unless they have a very good data point, unless RBA change to become very hawkish next week, otherwise Aussie is still going to take a back seat, same as New Z. So it's, it's all, see, the next week's RBN and RBNZ is not necessarily going to change the bearish momentum of these two currency. We just want to make sure they don't give market too much surprise. So if they didn't really, if they don't really say anything next week, obviously, I think Aussie and New Z is continue to go to a downtrend. And uh, what other trade I have, I think, I have a few pending orders. I think I'm pretty, yeah, right here. So, um, yeah, 
Euro dollar, Euro Swiss, Pound New Z, New Z CAD. So Pound New Z was something I also got in just because the weakness of New Zealand dollar and the strength of British Pound. So I got in this trade somewhere around somewhere around here. Okay, 1.91, 1.91. Now obviously next week we'll see what happened to the New Zealand dollar. And uh, Aussie CAD, Euro Aussie, Aussie dollar and dollar yen. So Aussie cat. Now Euro Aussie was also something I looking too long. I didn't get didn't get filled, but you can just see how strong Euro dollar is right now. And what's the other one? Cable Aussie dollar and dollar yen. So cable I already mentioned. I also got in this one. This one is interesting, right? Because yesterday we have a very positive down from payroll. When you have this kind of positive number, the first thing you have to ask yourself is how strong the sentiment is going to be and whether uh, US dollar is going to gain a lot of strength and how long is that going to be. Now, right after the report, I think US dollar is going to gain strength. However, I don't think it's going to sustain too much, especially when it's going to uh, going against British pound and euro. So that if you think that way, you can actually use a negative or a positive report to buy at a dip. So that's what I did for British pound. I actually bought at dip 50% here, just got filled. Okay, so obviously I think this trade will become more and more, more and more risky approaching next Thursday Bank of England events. So that's something you have to be willing to take that risk, but it just gives you a sort of a strategy when you looking at a certain uh, economic data. You don't have to sell or buy with the data. Sometimes you can actually go against it, providing if you know that you think the sentiment from that economic data is not going to last too long. So, for example, if you want to buy euro dollar, you could have done that too. You know, if you are not in euro and you think, wow, euro is so high, when can we get a, 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 a retracement? Then the non-farm, the passive non-farm payroll might be your chance to get in euro, right? Which, which, which actually happened. Right after the non-farm payroll, euro actually dropped a little bit, but did not too much. So that would be a great chance to get into euro. That would have been a great chance. So cable was another trade I'm in, and another trade I am in is Aussie dollar short and dollar yen. Though these are just pending order, I didn't really get feel. So Aussie dollar, Aussie dollar and dollar yen. Actually, I'm going to I'm, I'm go putting these two pending order to buy US dollar. So. For me, although I don't think US dollar is going to uh, gain too much strength from the non-farm payroll, that doesn't mean I think it's the weakest currency. Because the weakest currency right now, I think, is Aussie, New Zealand, and safe haven currency. Now, safe haven currency is a bit tricky just because over the weekend, the current risk of sentiment, you don't know how strong that's going to help the safe haven currency. But for Aussie, I'm more certain that right now it's in a in a negative sense. So I put in pending order, obviously didn't get filled yet. Dollar yen was another trade. I put a pending order, try and put it somewhere around here. Haven't got filled yet. So all this, I might cancel it next week just because we have a new and strong enough catalyst. You know, we have Monday, we have RBA, and we have another, uh, another central bank, Bank of England, Bank of New Zealand. All this is might change the risk sentiment. So all this is just pending order right now. So might change it next week. Uh, just you have to understand the market is always ongoing. So just be careful of what's 
not just what had already happened, but what is about to happen in the future. Okay, so that's pretty much all the trade I have for now. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. If you have any question, you know, you can just uh, email me for now, just because, you know, if you're a member, email me for now. And if you want to take a look at all the current trade as a member, you can just go to the current trade area. Okay, now I did a little bit change from my website. So uh, if you want to look at the session to session updates, uh, you can just go here. There's Forex Daily. If you want to look at weekly, like what I'm doing right now, the weekly video will be here. And this will be a monthly or bi-weekly educational video for you. Okay, audio, also a podcast. If you want to get a podcast, you can go to, you can either go to iTunes or you can go to SoundCloud for the weekly analysis or Anchor and Google Music, Google Play for a daily session update. So that's pretty much about it. And if you have any question, again, feel free to let me know. All right, thanks for watching. Bye-bye.